I want to tell you about a preacher of the old school who was describing the events of Judgment Day. And of course, he used biblical phrases whenever he could. Oh, my friends, he shouted, imagine the suffering of the sinners as they find themselves cast into outer darkness, removed from the presence of the Lord, and given to eternal flames. My friends, at such a time, there will be weeping, wailing, and great gnashing of teeth. At this point, one of the elders of the congregation interrupted, but reverend, he said, what if one of those hopeless sinners has no teeth? The preacher crashed his fists on the pulpit. My friends, the Lord is not put out by details. Rest assured, teeth will be provided. All right, we are going to continue with the sermon. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. This is round three. We've been talking about the fact that the Israelites were in bondage for 438 years. That is a long time to be in bondage. There are some who may be here or watching who have been in bondage for a long period of time. And when you are going through something for a long stretch of time, that bondage starts to become normal to you. You don't see yourself apart from it. But we have some good news for you, that God wants to deliver you from the bondage that you're in tonight. You know, this bondage, it's a driving force that keeps you from moving forward in life. God wants to bless you. How many of you believe that? The word blessed actually means to cause to move forward. Blessed means to cause to move forward. God is always about you going forward, not going backward. That he has more for you. That he wants to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. So God delivers the Israelites from Egypt. He leads them to the promised land. We learn that it is a land flowing with milk and honey, or we could say it this way, a land of health and prosperity. If he delivered them into a land of health and prosperity, he wants you to experience health and prosperity because we have a better covenant based upon better promises. Now, when they get to this land, the Israelites handpicked 12 men to go in and check out the land, and they discover that there are giants in the land. You know, when God, when God promises that you're going to advance, there's always going to be obstacles trying to stop you from receiving those promises. Giants that are going to rise up to keep you where you are. We've defined giant this way. A giant is any hurdle or obstacle that hinders you from improving your life and seems impossible to get past. Again, giant. Any hurdle or obstacle that hinders you from improving your life and seems impossible to get past. So are there giants in your life that are hindering you from receiving all that God wants you to receive? There's all kinds of giants in the world. We've talked about the giant of unemployment, abandonment, sexual abuse, depression, addiction, rejection, fail, remorse, 
revenge, unforgiveness, whatever that giant is, you may look at it and think, that is so huge. How can I possibly move forward? But I've got good news for you tonight. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. If your giant is huge, that only means it's going to fall down even greater. Now, 10 spies were sent into the land, and they came back and said, we are not able to defeat these giants. We're not able. Maybe you've heard people around you say, I can't do it. I can't do it. But God said, you are able. God told them that they were able. So when you say you're not able after God says you are, you're actually doubting the word of God. We're we're basically calling God a liar. God, I know you said that I can do it, but I don't think you understand my situation. I, I think it's a little too big for you, Lord. That's what we're saying. There's nothing too big for God. So the Bible says we read last time that they saw themselves as grasshoppers compared to these giants that were in their life. Have you ever looked down upon yourself? You magnified the problem so much bigger, and you see yourself as a small, insignificant being. If we lose perspective, we will magnify our problems over God's Word. If we lose perspective, we will magnify our problems over God's Word. How dare we make our problems bigger than the Word of God. This is why we stick with the Word of God. Because you know what? Politics, aren't, they're not going to save your life. All right? CNN News is not going to save your life. Your friends, with all their rhetoric and opinions, aren't going to save your life. It's God who provides the way, as we sung. He provides a way where there is no way. Now let's look at some new things tonight. Go over to Numbers 14. Numbers 14, we're going to look at verses 6 through 9. I'm going to read this from the ESV translation. Numbers 14, 6 through 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Who's going to give it to them? The Lord. Who's going to give it to them? The Lord. Who's going to get you through your problems? Who's going to make sure that you receive what is exceedingly good in your life? The Lord. Quit trying to figure it out yourself. I mean, we've got it all mapped out, and we're drawing diagrams, and we've come up with every reason why it can't happen instead of trusting in Him who can make it happen. Then it goes on to say, 
If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey or health and prosperity. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So here's Joshua and Caleb. We already looked at the we be not able bunch. That was the 10 spies. We be not able. We can't do it. But here's the other two spies. There was 12. They had a different mentality. They didn't see this as something that was impossible. They saw the possibility of God said he will deliver these people to us. Notice what they said. Do not fear them. Gobble them up. The Bible says they are bread to us. I don't know if you've ever picked up a piece of bread, but you could whip that at someone and it wouldn't hurt them. The Bible compared these giants to a piece of bread. How many of you are afraid of bread? I've never walked into my kitchen. Oh, it's, it's a loaf of wonder. Get it away. Joshua and Caleb, they had a different mentality. They believed that if God tells you something is yours, it's yours. And I want you to pay attention to one particular thing. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord. Fear is looked at as rebelling against the Lord. Maybe you haven't thought of that before. But according to this, fear, if you are operating in fear, that's looked at as rebelling against the Lord because you're not putting your trust in him. Other people look at their problems and they can see themselves as small and insignificant. They looked at the giants and saw the opportunity. Do you look at what's going on in your life? Uh, Maybe you just lost your job. It's scary. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay your bills? Look at the opportunity that God is moving you into something greater. The Lord will bring us into this land, and the Bible says, give it to us. So focus on who's giving you the breakthrough in your life. It's the Lord. As great as you might be, as magnificent as you think you are, as intelligent as you might uh, have education in your life, that's not going to bring you the breakthrough. It's the Lord. The Bible says that the Lord is the master of breakthroughs. So don't look at obstacles through your own strength. Look at them through the promises of God. This is why we tell you time and time again, get into the word. What does the word say? What promises are you missing out on because you don't even know they're in there? We can't believe for something we don't know exists. Go over to Deuteronomy 7.1. Deuteronomy 7.1. I'm going to read this from the ERV version again. It says, The Lord your God 
will lead you into the land that you are entering to take for your own. He will force out many nations for you. Who's going to force them out? The Lord. Who's going to overcome your problems? The Lord. Who's going to move your mountains? The Lord. Who's going to get you across the Red Sea? The Lord. Then it talks about who these nations are. The Hittites, Gergesites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Seven nations greater and more powerful than you. So I want you to see two things the Lord says here. And one of them is comical. But first, he says he will force out the nations for you. So it's not about what you can do. It's about what he can do. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's not by your power or your ability, but it's through him. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. How could he say that? Because I'm not trusting in my ability. I'm trusting in the Lord's. So the first thing God says is he's going to force out the nations for you. Then he makes a statement at the end. He talks about all these giants. There's seven different giants, seven different tribes of giants in the land. And basically he says they're bigger and badder than you are. Well, that doesn't sound encouraging. God says these giants, they are bigger and they are badder than you. Well, what have we learned? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Now, why would God say that? Why would he say, listen, I'm going to send you into this land and these giants are bigger and badder than you? Because he wants you to recognize that you can't do it by yourself. It is through his strength that you are going to receive the victory. All right, let's look at Deuteronomy 7.2. It says, the Lord your God will put these nations under your power, and you will defeat them. You must destroy them completely. Don't make an agreement with them or show them mercy. No mercy, sensei. Sweep the leg. All right, look at your problems. Sweep the leg. We've got to go forth and do what God has told us to do. Now notice the Lord is going to deliver them into your hands but you are to show no mercy. You are never going to go to the place you need to be until you toughen up. You're never going to go to the place you need to be until you toughen up. Toughen up, buttercup. We walk around all defeated, all sad, How are we going to do it? The Bible says here we aren't to cope with the giants in our life. We aren't to make peace with them. We aren't to learn to live with them. People have learned to live with their demons. And as a result, they continue to have the same problems. 
I had a pastor years ago, he made this statement. <laughs> it just stuck with me because it was so funny. He said, please don't feed the demons. We've got to rise up in the authority that we have. Get that attitude in you. People don't want to deal with things because they've made peace with them. They become friends. And that's really an excuse to do nothing. So we learn to live with our situation. This is just the way it is. It's just the way it is for me. I never seem to get blessed. I never seem to advance in life. I've accepted it. Some people do. I'm one of those that doesn't. God doesn't want to heal me. He wants me to be like this. You know, there's people that embrace sickness and think it's from God. If you think God has put sickness upon you, you'll do nothing to rise up against it. Because you're thinking, well, God put me in that situation. Whenever you're facing a giant, make sure the last thing you look at is the promise of God and not the problem. Whenever you are facing a giant, make sure the last thing you look at is the promise of God and not the problem. Again, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Now, what I began to think about is the Bible specifically talks about these seven different giants. The Hittites, Gergesites, Amorites, Canaanites, uh, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And what happens as you begin to look at them? Because we could say, well, that was then. We don't have those giants in our land today. But if you actually begin to study each one of those words, each one of those giants exhibits characteristics that we deal with today in our life. So I'm going to go through the first giant because that's about all we have time for. So let's look at the Hittites. The Hittites, the word Hittite literally means son of terror. Son of terror. So the complete definition of a Hittite is terror to break you down by violence, confusion, or fear, to discourage you, scare you, and terrify you. So again, Hittites, terror, to break you down by violence, confusion, or fear, to discourage you, scare you, and terrify you. How many of you know there's Hittites in the world today? We look at that, you can't turn on the news and not see that going on today. We could call the Hittites a group of modern-day terrorists. They are masters of the hit and run. They come into your life, plow through your life, and run to the next person. You don't even know what hit you. They come at you from many directions, and they try to break you down. Do you realize when you get scared and confused, you start breaking down? And when you are at your low point, you open yourself up for all kinds of things to happen to your life. When you go to fight them, they stand and begin to threaten you. 
They also like to demean you. You ever been demeaned by someone? It's a Hittite. What do they say to you? Well, you'll never amount to anything. Who do you think you are? You can't do anything right. And if we allow those thoughts to begin to affect us, it will affect not only how we think, but what we do. Some of you have been dealing with that your whole life. Some of you may have been raised in violent homes, and you believe that you can't overcome because of how you've been raised. You've been broken down. And when you're broken down, you have no inner confidence. It brings discouragement to your life. It stops you from getting to uh, where you are, to where you want to be. You never get healed. You never get blessed. You're confused. And as a result of it, you can't go forward in life. Joshua and Caleb defeated the Hittites. If they defeated the Hittites in their life, you can defeat them in your life. How did they do that? With the spoken word of God. God said, oh, we're not able. Oh, God said we are. They looked at what God said. Opinions change. People come and go. The we be not able is the Hittite spirit. But you are going to have to attack that thing in your life and show no mercy. That you are no longer going to stand by and tolerate this. Hittites will come to you and say, well, you're stupid. You're ugly. You're too young. But you need to get to the place where you are not taking it anymore. Let's look at two scriptures, 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. When you are operating in fear, you are not operating with a sound mind. Then go over to Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. I love this. You need to confess this over yourself every day. The Bible says, fear not. This is God speaking. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing, and those who strive with you shall or strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. People say, well, it feels like the Lord isn't there. He just said he is. So are we going to look at our feelings, or are we going to look at the Word of God? When that lying, Hittite spirit is taunting you, speak this over him, instead of cowering in a corner.